welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is savana arayo from network nurse welcome savana hi thank you yeah i'm super excited to be here Thank you for being on the show and a little bit about Savana. Savana is a full-time registered nurse in Los Angeles, California. She helps manage multiple departments at, at a busy magnet recognized hospital. She also a real estate investor. She own and operate commercial real estate syndication. She uses education and mindset tools to help busy medical professionals create passive income through real estate investing. So with that Savana, would you like to add anything to your background? Yeah, I mean, so I am from Northern California. I grew up in Sacramento. I went to Sacramento State University and I got my nursing degree pretty much right out of high school. I knew I I've always known I wanted to do nursing and I worked in a couple different specialties and then was just naturally drawn towards leadership type positions. I was taking on different leadership roles within different hospitals that I was working at, different process improvement initiatives and projects and so I ended up going back to school and I got my master's degree in nursing leadership and administration. Right now I or since then I have transitioned down to Los Angeles, California, and right now I oversee multiple departments at a hospital down here in LA, and I got started real estate investing at the beginning of 2020. I was on maternity leave with my second daughter and my husband and I were just looking for ways that we could start creating additional income streams so that we weren't completely reliant on our 9 to 5 jobs. We just realized as our daughters were going to be growing up that our current work schedules didn't really support being around to attend like all their extracurricular activities and just be able to kind of really watch them grow up and so we were really motivated to invest in real estate just to create different income streams and uh we originally got started in single family homes and have since then switched into multifamily so right now we purchase multifamily deals through syndications Cool. Thanks for sharing that. And as a nurse, would you share more about how your day look like? Yeah, definitely. So because I still am working full time as a registered nurse, I work Monday through Friday. I have administration hours, and so um, usually my mornings start early with coffee and meditation and getting my girls up and off to daycare, and then heading into the hospital. I'll usually listen to like a podcast or a different real estate audio book on my way there. Sometimes I'll take phone calls if I have different investor calls. I'll take um, on my morning commute before I go into work. at my nursing job and then I'm there all day um pretty much till like 3:34 um sometimes 5 just depending on how the day looks and then when I get home I am very intentional about the time I spend with my family and my daughters so we do dinner time bath time and bedtime uh together as a family every single night and then usually after we put the girls to bed is when we're working on real estate got it thank you and would you share the similarities between nurse and apartment syndications i mean you are they work on with apartment syndications 
Yeah, definitely. So um, just a lot of the skills that I use in my nursing career. I mean, when I was doing patient care is just prioritization, uh, being able to manage multiple patients at the same time. So that's kind of transferred into my ability to work on multiple projects at the same time to be able to prioritize my work within those projects. I have great organizational skills because when you're in the hospital caring for five different patients at once and they all have different medication regimens and different activity statuses, it's super important that you know what's going on with each of the patients and then being able to organize that time and kind of go to the most, the ones you need to address first, prioritizing. So I do that in different projects that I have going on now. Um, my husband and I syndicate apartment buildings. So we're usually working on a couple different things at the same time. I have started a meetup as well. So um, just being able to be organized is like the biggest skill I've transferred. Got it. And you mentioned you're working on multiple projects. Would you share a little bit more about your current projects or you perform multiple projects recently? Yeah, definitely. So we just closed um, like two weeks ago on a 24 unit. It was a value add apartment deal up in Oregon um, that we raised about 675,000 for that deal. Um, Very, very strong value add components of being able to decrease expenses and increase rents in the building. So we're getting our investors really great returns after five years. And then right now we're working on a 18 unit up in Oregon as well. And we're about halfway through the due diligence phase. We've already raised for it. And we're just really kind of waiting for the financing piece at this time. So uh, with all these projects, there's always tons of things that need to be done on a regular basis. I mean, for instance, our 18 unit that we're doing right now, we're trying to get our financing done. So it's submitting a lot of financial paperwork to do the loans. We're getting insurance set up. We are talking to the property management team about our business strategy. Once we take it over, we're having our final conversations with our investors and getting them all the legal documents. We're working with our SEC lawyers to make sure that these are um, acceptable to what we want to do with the project. And then we're having additional conversations with our investors about just kind of thoroughly going over the legal paperwork and then closing on the deal in about a month. Got it. And good luck with that. And so let's go a little bit one step back. So what is the reason behind selecting Oregon, Oregon State? And so your focus market is only Oregon? So we have single family homes over in Atlanta, Georgia. We live in LA, so we weren't really necessarily super motivated to invest here because we just wanted to, we, when we originally started investing, we had a fixed amount of income that we, or capital that we wanted to deploy somewhere else. And so we started with the single family homes over in Atlanta, Georgia. And then when we transitioned into multifamily investing, the underwriting process is a lot different. It's very thorough and intense. It's usually big spreadsheets with lots of different formulas especially if you're syndicating and calculating investor returns. So when we were initially started doing multifamily and practicing our underwriting, we were doing it in all sorts of markets, really just looking to be able to compare markets and different uh, formulas that we had and different um, business strategies within the multifamily realm. And so we were looking in Oregon really out of curiosity. We know that market very well because my parents live there and we travel up there very frequently. So when we were just looking in that market for just kind of some opportunity to to run numbers and look at what that market has to offer. We met an amazing broker who started sending us really great deals and we've been able to um, find really great projects up there with great returns. Got it. Thank you. And would you share a little bit more about your recent acquisition of 24 units? Like, so what is the cap going in cap rate and what kind of business plan you're planning to implement and anything else? 
Okay, so yeah, the 24 unit. So um, going in cap rate, I think it's around 6.4, 6.5. And um, with that one, so the previous seller who had this building was, he had a couple different multifamily projects in the area. This one was one of his smallest ones and he was looking to sell it in 1031 it up into a bigger property. And so this uh, particular property was really just sitting on the back burner. He wasn't super motivated to increase rents and decrease expenses. There was a lot of outstanding capital expenditure items that needed to be done. Like the roof needed to be replaced. All the windows and doors needed to be replaced. It needed new painting on the outside. So really big ticket items. And we were able to get an inspector and contractor out there with us when we went to do our due diligence phase. And we were really particular and specific about how we got those items quoted and um, made sure that those numbers fit with our business strategy and the amount of capital that we were going to be able to raise. And so our business plan is going in there, uh, fixing a lot of the outstanding work that needs to be done on the building and uh, increasing rents by doing so, and then planning to sell that building its five years. Okay, got it. So how much CapEx you're planning for each unit and how much rent you're planning to increase? Yeah, so we had about 180000 budgeted for repairs. We got a $25,000 credit from the seller to help replace the roof. So we quoted the roof at about $65,000, $70,000. All the windows and doors, that uh, sliding glass doors that needed to be replaced are about at about $40,000. The painting, about fifteen, dollars And then some of the, we're not planning to completely renovate a lot of the units. Um, so we have like an additional some of them had already started to be turned. A lot of the main outstanding CapEx was on the outside of the building. So a lot of the units on the inside were in decent condition. They had been um, updated over the the course of the last five to 10 years. There are, I think, about three left that need to be turned. So we're um, also putting up away money for that. And then um, the rents are kind of all over the place because there's some longstanding tenants there. But um, we went in and immediately increase the rent. So some of the rents had increased right um, in our due diligence phase, right before we took it over. And uh, we had to wait a year before we increased rents on those ones. So some of them, we were able to go in there and increase um, like about 6.5% or 6.9%. And then um, some of the other ones, we're going to have to wait uh, a few months uh, before we're able to raise those rents as well. Got it. Thanks for sharing that. So in general, like would you share your investment strategy or philosophy? So right now we're really trying to stay specific on what we know and what we've been doing. So our last three apartment deals have been very strong value adds over a hold period of five years, and they're all in the Oregon market. So I know we have occasionally thought of kind of switching markets, especially after we finish up on our 18 unit, but we really have such an amazing team in place and we have a great broker that's sending us great deals. So as long as the numbers continue to work in that market and we have our team built up and the properties are doing well already with our executed business strategy. We're really just trying to focus down and get really great at what we're doing. Okay. Are you doing alone or are you working with any partner? 
So uh, my husband and I, are we own Willow Investment Group. And so that's how we're buying our apartment complexes. We founded that together. Uh, we have been the sole GPs, operators, and managing members on all of our deals. But we have brought on uh, strategic partners in order to qualify for some of the funding. So especially starting out as a newer investor in, in the multifamily world, they want like sometimes two to three years experience before you're able to buy some of the apartment deal. So they're expecting you to bring on a sponsor or a key principal or a guarantor on the loan. And so that's um, kind of how we structured those first few de- deals. We were able to bring on some of the LPPs, the uh, limited partners or passive investors that invested in the deals with us who eventually wanted to take a more active role in the future. We um, kind of strategically structured the deals so that we were able to give them a piece of the GP as they signed on the loan with us. And then we met the net worth liquidity requirements. And then we were able to move forward with the deal. And then they get our partners get the experience as a GP by not doing any of the managing work. Got it. And so would you share your partnership structure with LPs and your offerings are finance B or C? So we're doing 506B because we raise primarily in friends. We haven't done a 506C deal yet, but we probably will um, in the near future. We just have generated a lot of interest from family and people we know, and we like to have uh, non-accredited investors be able to invest in our deals if they have a relationship. So we've structured the last three as 506B deals. Uh, We do an 80-20 split with the investors, which is pretty standard throughout the multifamily world. And yeah, we're doing the... uh, close to our goals, like 100% return on investment at sell, which is usually year five. Got it. Thank you. And so what is your company's process of mitigating the risk? Yeah, this is really huge in the due diligence process. So we make sure when we're doing the due diligence that our underwriting is very, very conservative. Uh, my husband Lupe does all the underwriting for our deals. And we've just, the way that he underwrites so conservatively has saved us in the deals that we currently own when something goes wrong or something unexpected happens because we're underwriting so conservatively, we're able to take um, some of those hits a little bit easier and they don't necessarily affect our returns. Because unfortunately in the multifamily world, even though you plan, 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 and seek out all uh, potential risks. There's always unexpected things that happen. And that's just really the nature of the business. And um, so really doing the conservative underwriting. And then during our due diligence phase, really reviewing all the paperwork on the deals that we're taking under. So if we're buying an apartment complex, we're looking at the last three years of financials. And when you're looking at the last three years of financials on essentially a business, you're pretty, it's pretty transparent kind of what's been going on, what expenses have been laxed a little bit. Maybe there's a room for improvement in certain areas. So by really studying these financials, we're able to get a good idea of what things could go wrong because of what has gone wrong in the past over the last three years in terms of really heavy expenses. And then we're able to better prepare for the future. And then um, not just in the underwriting piece or yeah, in the due diligence piece of the financials, but in also of the building. So when we go out to the building, we have a contractor, an inspector, our property management team, our broker, like all of us are touring the units together so that, and and the existing property manager. So the seller's property management team, just so we can have a really good idea of what's been going on with the building and we're better prepared for any unexpected expenses. Got it. And would you a little bit more about conservative underwriting approach? Uh, Give like one or two examples, how you're writing conservatively means. 
Yeah, so definitely uh, rent increases is one. So if you're planning to increase rents in an apartment building, it's good to talk to property managers in the area to look to see how much you can realistically increase rents, how much below market rent. So for example, one of our buildings that we bought, the rents were 25% below market, which was really, really low. And um, Oregon does have rent control, but it is um, 9.1%. And none of our, our business strategies involve raising rent over 9.1%. And so um, we talked to our property management ahead of time for the 12 unit. And she said, yeah, we'll be able to go in and raise rents, you know, 8, 8%. And we, in our underwriting, we put that we would be able to, she said every year, 8%, but we did it just that we did it like five, 5.5% year after year raising rents just to kind of have some cushion there. And we were able to go in and raise rents actually 8.9% right off the bat for all the tenants and um, didn't have any issues with that. But because our underwriting was conservative at the 5.5, now we're hitting better returns for our investors. Got it. And thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And how are you using education and mindset tools to help busy medical professionals create passive income through real estate investing? Yeah, so I work with a lot of doctors and nurses and a lot of um, very knowledgeable, highly educated people who aren't necessarily uh, financially educated within different investment strategies. And I learned this because I definitely was one of them. I only invested in my 401k, 403b. My husband and I, when we started working, we're putting 15 to 20% of our paychecks towards our retirement accounts. And then as we, um, like over the last year and two, like as we had our second daughter, we were just thinking that it was ridiculous that we were putting all this money towards our retirement account in this um, account that we couldn't touch until we were 65. And honestly, it was a little bit defeating, especially with a growing family and the expenses that would maybe increase over the next like 30 years before we turned 65. And the inability to be able to access that money just didn't seem right to us. And so that was when we quickly switched over and started investing in real estate and kind of decreased the amount of money that we were putting into our retirement account. I mean, at this point, Point, we really only put what's mat matched by the employer and we put the rest of it in um, real estate. And so now I've just become super passionate about sharing that knowledge with other medical professionals. I work with a lot of doctors and nurses who work really, really hard, long hours, and they are not, don't, they only have that one income stream. So if they were to get hurt or get sick or um, something were to happen, have that income stream, now they're kind of out of luck and being able to pay for their bills, which a lot of Americans are in that situation. And so by investing in real estate and creating an additional income stream where now you're investing in say a syndication and you're getting checks on a quarterly basis. I mean, that's passive income and just kind of showing that and creating that mindset shift with uh, medical professionals, especially has been um, super powerful for me. And then I've had the chance to now get a lot of um, people that I work with start investing in real estate. Got it. And uh, how do you network with uh, them? So through work, I, I've created relationships with um, people there that I have in-person conversations with, but that was also a huge motivation behind me launching the Net Worth Nurse. So I launched the Net Worth Nurse in November, 2020. And that was really because I wanted to create a platform of educational tools and content for people to come and learn about. So I have a YouTube channel and blogs, and I post on social media very regularly, different things that I'm doing within 
multifamily and different opportunities for investments and um, just different educational content about investing in real estate. And the Net Worth Nurse has allowed me this platform to post a lot of that and connect with a lot of investors. I'm mainly a lot through uh, social media. I'll have people reach out to me. I mean, it's a big motivation behind me recording podcasts is because podcasts were one of the biggest ways that I learned how to start investing in real estate. I was listening to them like three hours a day, listening to real estate podcasts. And um, I was, became so passionate and motivated and inspired by listening to people's stories. So that's a huge reason why I continue to record podcasts because I hope to motivate people to start taking active control over their investments. Got it. And thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And would you share any of your best multifamily investing experience so far? Really probably just connecting with people. I'm a part of different masterminds. I'm going to be starting a meetup for healthcare professionals interested in uh, real estate investing. So I think just the networking part of connecting with like-minded people, connecting with people who want to invest in real estate and want to learn more about it. Um, people with entrepreneurial mindsets and uh, motivations. And um, that's really just been the best part. Got it. And would you share any of your challenging or worst multifamily experience so far? Yeah, I think the most challenging piece is taking a first step and really getting the confidence and the motivation, I guess, to make that first step. Because a lot of people who want to get into real estate investing or want to start making moves, they research it and research it and educate themselves, but then they never take that first step. And at one point, you just really got to know that you won't know everything. You won't know 100%. You won't be able to mitigate every single risk in an apartment deal. You won't be able to eliminate anything that could possibly go wrong. I mean, you can do a great amount of due diligence and mitigate a lot of that risk through education, but at one point you're going to just have to take that first step. Yeah. So true. And what is your current focus and share something you're excited about now? Yeah. So I think my biggest focus right now is starting a meetup. I, since I've started doing podcasts, I've had a lot of medical professionals reach out to me, nurses and doctors who saying they're like super interested in real estate investing and want to get started. And I felt that there was a huge need for a community. And I know that there's Facebook groups that I'm a part of that involve a lot of medical professionals and real estate, but I was thinking that a meetup where we can attend uh, weekly and just get together in a zoom setting and be able to Uh, network and do breakout chats and just share different educational real estate topics was really needed. And so that's something that I'm super excited about right now. Cool. And any one advice that impacted you, Savannah? I think really just pursuing through hard times. Um, Grit is a huge, big book in my life by Angela Dutwork and just being able to keep pushing and persevere and persistence and keep moving forward throughout difficult times. Okay, got it. And so any one book that impacted your life and what way? Yeah, definitely. I would say Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That book I read coming right out of college and before I even like knew anything about real estate and I didn't even start investing in real estate until like five, 10 years after I read that book. But I think that book just created a huge foundation in terms of just how I look at money and abundance and different riches in my life. It's very powerful. Got it. And how are you giving back to community? 
Yeah. Just connecting with people, like um, starting my meetup, just uh, connecting with different people who want to get started in real estate investing. I'm super open to having calls with different people who are interested in what I'm doing or just have need some advice. I set up appointments like that very regularly with new investors and just really being able to provide value to the multifamily world. Cool. So how can listeners can connect with you? Yeah, the Net Worth Nurse. So you can find me under the Net Worth Nurse on all social media handles. That's Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. My website is www.thenetworthnurse.com. And I love connecting with people. If anything I've said has been remotely interesting, please reach out to me. I would love to connect. Yep. Thank you, Savannah. I really enjoyed the conversation and thanks for sharing your experience. Hey, thank you. It was my pleasure. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.